0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: When you need need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get In the Huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Welcome back to another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger. Of course, Jason LaConfora joins us as well. Guys, we're bringing you all the latest info inside the NFL. We're talking about the games, and we are going to move forward because we've got a slate of Week 11 games that we've got to look forward to. But, Baldy, before we get into this, I got to ask you about Justin Fields and what I'm seeing over the last three to four weeks with the Chicago Bears and why they're having so much success. Luke Getze is the OC there. I didn't think he knew what he was doing earlier in the season. I'm like, what are they doing here? And now all of a sudden it looks like a, a switch has been hit and Justin is not only playing his best football, but all of a sudden now he's completing balls down the field. He's using his legs. Baldy, what's going on with the bears and Justin Fields? It, it, it's rapid development,
2: Carl. You're right. I mean, early the season, San Francisco, some of those games, I mean, third and three, they, you know, they, they just third and eight, they would run it. You know, they just, they didn't want him to make mistakes. They didn't want, they wanted to try to build his confidence and week by week, It's been building. They had to fix the offense line a little bit, get the running game going. They did all that. Then they started designing runs like he was a running back, not just scrambles and normal quarterback stuff. But I mean, quarterback toss, crack, quarterback power, like all the stuff we see Lamar running. They started putting those runs in. Now he's you know had a sixty-one yard touchdown run two weeks ago. He breaks his record, goes sixty-seven last week, uh, you know against Detroit. But what I see is just smart coaching formations, motions, movement. Cole Komet's got five touchdown catches in the last three weeks. I mean, mm. I haven't seen a better tight end since Ditka could do anything like that, you know. I mean, <laughs> Dick was fun, but, you know, the it, 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 it you can see it growing, the whole package, not just, and the confidence growing, Carl. Like the stuff that you're supposed to do with the young quarterback. You know, like last year they threw him to the Wolves in Cleveland in his first start, got sacked nine times, he didn't know what he was doing. Like I felt like there's a plan for this kid. He's incredibly talented. Maybe as good, pick a name, anybody, pick a name in this league, athletic-wise, he's as good as anybody. Uh, the Lions didn't know what to do with him. And so even if he throws a pick six off a screen to the tight end last week, he comes right back with that 67-yard touchdown run, Take the lead right back. I think he is going to be a superstar in this league. I, I really do. I think he's got the, the mentality, the talent. Uh, And they're building this thing around in the right way.
1: I'm with you. And I got to give you full disclosure here. Kid went to high school here in the Atlanta area, Harrison high school. Uh, I'm friends and, you know, I know his family. Well, his father, Pablo, he listens to the show all the time. (laughs) I saw Justin do exactly what he's doing now in high school. Now given the level of talent and, you know, when guys are just better than everybody else, but this is very similar to what you saw and this is something that that is not out of his realm. This is how he should be used, and I, I guess that's why I was a little confused early in the season as to what they were trying to do with him. But I'll say this: I'm with you. I felt this way coming out of Ohio State, and I know a lot of you know people think about Ohio State quarterbacks being busters and not being great quarterbacks in the NFL. But I saw enough of this young man to know he can make every throw, but he's also special in the run game and. You gotta be able to, to, to put that pressure on the defense. So if they keep doing this, is he gonna be the most improved player in the NFL?
2: Yes. Uh, he's the most improved player through 10 weeks, Carl, in this whole league. And if you go back to Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, the whole, you know, the whole class, I I he was my favorite quarterback coming out because I thought athletically nobody was better. Trey Lance, nobody was better. But I thought that there was something I beating Clemson some of these games I saw him playing college Carl like I saw all the throws then he just had to he, he's with the right coach right now mm. like I list Luke Getze and and you know and Eberflus. it's a good staff like yeah they got a, a miles going defense and all that stuff but you could see how it's coming together it's just smart and they're going to give teams problems I don't care who they play on the schedule down the stretch
1: Baldy, let's talk about the games coming up this weekend. It's Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, and make sure you tell your friends about us because we put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. All right, I'm looking at the Titans, and I'm saying they could sneak and be the number one seed in the AFC, and we're going to look up and go, how in the hell did this happen? They get the Packers this weekend. Packers coming off of that incredible win against the Cowboys. Maybe this is the turning point. But here's my question what do the Packers do well that the, the Titans are going to have to defend? Because I still don't know if they have a great identity yet.
2: Well, here's the thing, Carl. In two of the last three games for the Packers, they've run for over 200 yards, ran for 200 against Buffalo, lost the game, uh, ran for over 200 against Cal- Cowboys, down 14. They never abandoned it. They stayed with it. Even down 14 in the fourth quarter, Carl. We've all heard that stat, how the Cowboys are 195-0, and 0, all right, with the 14-point lead going into right. the fourth quarter until sunday and so that's what they do well that the tandem of aaron jones and a.j dillon they got their line healthy Bakhtiari jenkins on the left side they they fixed the line the tight ends it's good they're going up against the tennessee titans defense they're like a python carl they're like a giant python this defense they just constrict you and compress you and they did it last week with you know against denver Without Jeffrey Simmons, without Bud Dupree, mm. so get to know the names of Mario Edwards, Demarcus Walker, Tyre Tart, like Rashid We, Rashad Weaver, like these guys. They all play the same way. They don't go around you, Carl. They go through you. And so when I watch this team play, they'll give everybody a problem. They get even though they lost to the Chiefs, they gave them a problem.
1: Yeah, they,
2: they'll give everybody a problem. They hit Russell Wilson, Carl, eighteen times. Wow. They sacked him six times. And if the defensive backs could catch, they would have had three interceptions. So uh, Green Bay, as good as that win was against Dallas, and it was great, maybe it turns it around. This is a much, much different opponent. They're much better defensively in some ways than Dallas. They don't have the sack numbers, but they do things different. You want to run the ball on third and one, okay. Teams try. They don't go anywhere. Like they just <laughs> penetrate. They penetrate and they're stout and they're eight deep. And they have, you know, Vrabel's got this crazy vision about how to play, play and win games, Carl. They play his style of football.
1: Yeah, and I love Vrabel. I do. I mean, he he is, I think in some cases, underrated for whatever reason. He's damn good at, at yeah. getting his guys ready, you know, and, and getting them ready to play. You talk about Simmons. I just want to ask you this. That is the reason. That defense is the reason you're saying they could potentially be the number one seed in the AFC as this thing shakes out because they're so stout. And Simmons, he, he's arguably one of the best defensive players in the league.
2: Well, he's he, you know you, there's there's five defensive tackles. I mean, there's Aaron Donald, you know, but Chris Jones, and you know, there's five guys out there, and Jeffrey Simmons is one of those five that just changes the game from the inside. And the thing that was impressive about Denver is this is the first game I've seen him miss mm. since he you know he came back from that horrible knee injury at Mississippi State, and so without, even without him and without his presence, because literally one-on-one, nobody could block him in the league. He's like Chris Jones, you know, a Grady Jarrett's playing, you know, great football. There's, there's about five guys that are really playing top level inside football, Javon Hargrave, um, but he, he's in that category right
1: now. All right. So they will be able to stop the run potentially against the Packers. Can the Packers stop the run against the Titans? How do you slow down Derrick Henry?
2: Well, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. We got stopped. Black. Denver did a great job. Denver's got a really good defense. They're very good at the point of attack. They never really... You got to get Derrick Henry before he gets started, Carl. It mean, sounds, sounds easy. The, the thing that makes Derrick Henry so difficult isn't what people say, like, yes, a lot of guys have speed in this league. Nick Chubb has speed, you know, and can break long runs. Damian Pierce has speed and can make long runs. I, I can pick five backs. The thing that makes Derrick Henry special is he's literally, he's, he's taller than me, he's six foot five. And when he gives you the stiff arm, Carl, you can't get to his body. Yeah, You physically can't get to his legs or his body to tackle him. But you have to get him before he gets started where he can give you that stiff arm. And when he gets that, that's when those long runs happen because you bounce off him. And I don't care who's trying to tackle him. So you've got to get him almost at the line of scrimmage. And that's what Denver did last week.
1: Let's talk about the Eagles coming off of their loss against the Commanders. They take on the Colts. The Colts beat the Raiders and here the Eagles are losing their first game of the season. So, here's what I'm thinking, Baldy. Eagles are going to be ready. Colts feel like, "Hey, we're much better than people are saying." And look look at what Jeff Saturday did. He came in here, simplified things, and we were able to win a game. Now, I don't know if that's a function of how dysfunctional the the, the Vegas Raiders are or if that's the Colts. But with that said, this is going to be a truer test for Jeff Saturday's club.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, they'll, they'll be much better than the Raiders. They're much better coached. I mean, but he, here's the deal: is this is what Jeff Saturday did? He he fixed the right guard position. Put Will Freeze in there. All right, Matt. You know, Matt Pryor was really struggling. He, he put Matt Ryan in at quarterback. Yep. Okay. They got they got Jonathan Taylor healthy. They ran the ball. Big sixty-six yard touchdown to open up, you know, to blow up the game open. Uh, and Matt Ryan was smart, smart with the football. Defensively, look, Stephon Gilmore, line up on A.J. Brown. I mean, like, they'll have matchups, you know, for for the Eagles. The Eagles did lose Dallas Goddard in this game last week on Monday night against him. Like, and you know, people go, okay, Dallas Goddard, next tight end up. Uh, this guy is one of the best, if not the best, blocking tight end of the league. They call a lot of plays for him, tight end. In fact, the, the ball that he caught was a tight end screen. They, they do a lot with him in the middle of the field. It, it's going to be a big loss for the Eagles, but I do expect the Eagles to come back and be able to run the ball. Uh, that's they, they kind of abandoned it on Monday night for whatever reason, and they struggled to stop the run. So I want to see the Eagles' defense without Jordan Davis because two weeks in a row they've really struggled to stop the run, and that's really where this game is going to be tilt. Can the Eagles stop or slow down Jonathan Taylor in this game?
1: Baldy, real quick, where are you at with the the hiring of Jeff Sattery? I know we talked a a little bit about it last week. Listen, I think Ursay, he's got issues and how he handled this whole situation. But there's two trains of thought for me. One is you hire whoever the hell you want to hire when you're the owner. Two, yes, there should be a process for guys who have grinded and put in the work and worked their asses off to get an opportunity to maybe be a head coach. But this was an unusual situation at the time of the firing and the hiring so, listen, if Jeff Saturday has success, is everybody up in a rage for nothing?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, if he if he comes in there and he takes control of this and, uh, you know, he delegates and leads and, get, you know, gives these guys something to, you know, a vision to play for, that's kind of what you want your head coach to do. I mean, a lot of head coaches, game days here, Carl, like they're managing the game. Yeah. Like the coordinators and the coaches, Bubba Ventrone, special teams, you know, uh, Gus Bradley defense, like the hands, the the games are in the hands of the coordinators and the assistant coaches. The head coach has got, like there's some, you know, head coaches that do it all, but like, let there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, this guy has this ability to do this. Let's give him a chance to do it. I was against the hire because it went against the grain of all these guys that have given, worked their whole life to get to this opportunity. But if Jeff Saturday comes in it's like putting a new CEO in a company that knows, like hiring a new CEO to run Coke, and you've never had a glass of Coke. You know, like <laughs> you're going to run Coca-Cola. Like, it, it happens in business all the time. You know, you just need. And, and so, if Jeff can, if Jeff beats the Eagles here, and they get back in the race,
1: Jim Mersey is going to look like a genius. Right. Right. It's crazy. Let's talk about uh, Jets, Patriots. It's Carl Dukes. Put them up with my man, Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. New episodes every Tuesday, Thursday guys. We're looking ahead to week 11. All right, both of these teams coming off of buys. Jets 6-3, and three, Patriots 5-4. and four. This AFC East is anybody's ballgame. Now that the Bills have come back to earth a little bit, what are you thinking about this matchup?
2: Well, I think it's going to be a real defensive matchup, and it should have been a couple weeks ago when they played – and Zach Wilson just got sloppy with the football and as he has been prone to do. And when he gets sloppy, no matter how well the defense plays, which was very good, um, you know, they just got short fields and too many possessions and they lost. So I think Zach Wilson knows that, look, he's got, he's got a job to do, but you can't give it to the other team. That, not play to, He's not going to play conservative, but I believe this Jets defense is real. Really real. And I, I think they 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 have everything it takes to be great. They've got a sauce and DJ Reed on the on the edges, as good a tandem as there is. Um the safeties are very good. Uh and then if you look at their front, they're eight deep on the defensive front, led by Quinn Williams. Like, let those guys do their job up front. They they're gonna run Ramondre Stevenson and they're gonna, you know, I formate, they're gonna just do all the basics that the Patriots do and we'll play Ash and pass off it. It doesn't look very exciting, but it's effective. The Jets have to get them off the field. They got to make stops. And that's what this is all about. The Jets defense making stops. If they can take it away once or twice, they'll win this game. But if they don't, they have to make stops and not allow the Patriots just to possess the ball and eat up the clock and, you know, and, and control the game from that standpoint. The Jets have even though it's in Foxborough, it doesn't matter. They they have the ability to go up there and keep the Patriots to 17 points. And if they do, then this is going to come down to the final possession.
1: It's crazy, Baldy, the Jets' defense is on pace to be the first team in the Super Bowl era, all right, to rank in the top ten in scoring and total defense after ranking dead last last year in both categories. They have a real shot, to your point about the defense.
2: Well, give credit to to Joe Douglas, general manager. Like, I I got a text from Joe. I'll share a, a little bit of it. But he just said after their last victory that he's never been more committed Ugh. to building a team through the trenches than what they're doing right now in New York. And so, you know, you go out and you draft Jermaine Johnson and you go get Carl Lawson and, you know, you just, you, you get Solomon, you know, Thomas and you just get depth on that position. And then you just keep, you know, you, you go get Nate Herbig from the Philadelphia Eagles in the off season and you find Cedric abway on the street and you just, just keep building that thing and everything else will take care of itself.
1: It's crazy. Uh, and that that division, guys, is up for grabs. It really is. That's a big yeah. game this weekend, Jets and Patriots. All right, Cowboys-Vikings as we look ahead to Sunday's matchups. First, let me say this. This damn Purple 8. I mean, he's got me wanting to get chains and do yeah. dances. I mean, I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Give him props. I got to give him credit. Coming off of the win last week, and that was an incredible game against the Bills. But the Cowboys are favored on the road, right, against the Vikings. I mean. I'm not quite sure about that, but let me ask you this: What's going on with the Cowboys? Is it injuries, or is it this defense is starting to show some flaws? Because Baldy, they're not stopping the run like they were earlier in the season.
2: They need more fat guys, Carl. Up front. They're not <laughs> More fat guys, man. Like you know, like the Bears ran for 240, and you know the Packers had their way with them and never abandoned the run. Um, you know, and and really they they were sloppy. I mean, Micah Parsons has got. He's got these gorges to fill from inside linebacker and he's got, nobody's protecting him. I mean, Micah Parsons should be Ray Lewis if they want to play him at the, off the ball inside linebacker. Like cover him up with, you know, when Ray had Haloti Nada yeah, and all these big Buddhas inside. Ray just was a vacuum cleaner. He just cleaned up. Here's 18 tackles. That's what Micah should be doing. But Micah can't do it if he's got offensive guards and tackles just all hitting him from every angle. And so I almost feel like, put Micah at the end, like, you know, get, you know, get big inside, you know, and, and, and because Dava Cook, like he he helped win that game the other day. He went 81 yards, Carl, when they were down 27 to 10, got him right back in a game of one play. And he has the ability to do that against anybody. So they, they, that's a flaw. The, the run game and stopping the run and how you handle it and run fits. You, you, if you're going to be undersized, it's about hitting your gaps and penetrating and playing defense on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And they didn't do that against Green Bay. So they better, like, tighten that up right now.
1: Is, is this the most important game for the Cowboys to yes. date? To date?
2: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, the defense is we, – we know that, you know, when things are going well and they got to – even, you know, if they can get after the quarterback and all that. Um, But Green Bay threw the ball 20 times, Carl. They didn't have that many chances to go affect the game like that. So teams want to take the air out of the ball and run it like Chicago did, like – Green Bay did, uh, like the Eagles did at times, like they really struggled. So, and then offensively, Dak didn't play well. He just didn't play well. Uh, Forget about the interceptions. He wasn't sharp early on. And Carl, I said this when Cooper Rush was in there. This, what they did for Cooper Rush was they emphasized the run and they max protected him and they gave him half field reads and pretty easy throws. And he, he executed that. And I feel nothing against Dak, but I feel like That's what they should go back to doing because I thought that's when the offense looked the best 13 personnel, three tight ends, two rookies that can really block, really get the running game going, give the quarterback time to give Dak five options. Like it's just hard. And he wasn't good the other day. He had a mixed communication with him and CD in the middle of the field. Rudy Ford jumps it interception. Like it all falls on Dak, but I don't know what CD saw like that timing wasn't right on that play, but The turnovers killed him the other day.